Okay, cool. Last week, uh, Daily did a good job. Uh, and uh, what he did was he took us through uh, our father's prayer and uh, he highlighted some stuff, things about fasting, things about praying, forgiveness, and uh, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Okay, and this morning I'll be talking through Matthew 6, 19 to 34. Matthew 6, 19 to 34. So, I'll start by reading. Do not store up treasures for yourself on earth, where moth and vermin do destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, and thieves cannot break in or steal. For where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. 22. The eyes of the lamb is that the eyes of the the eyes of the lamb of the body. If your eyes is healthy, the whole body is healthy. But if your eyes is unhealthy, the whole body is full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is this darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you hate one or you love the other. You cannot devote yourself to one and you despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, or what you would wear. It's not life more, it's not life more important than food or your body or more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in burns. Yet the heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Can one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See for yourself the flowers of the field as they grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet, I tell you, not even one of them, not even Solomon in his splendor, was dressed like one of this. If that is how your father clothes the grass in the field that is here today and gone tomorrow, will he not more clothe you? 35, sorry, 31 rather. Do not worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. For the pagans run around after these things. Your heavenly father knows you know them. But you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all this will be given unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I've divided that scripture. That's quite a lot to go through. And I'll be dividing that into two sections for us this morning. The first section, God made it very easy there in chapter 19. It was talking about do not store up treasures for yourself in heaven. So see God as your financial director or financial advisor this morning. He's basically telling you don't store up your financial resources or material resources on earth where 
it will be stolen, where bank will go bankrupt, where a central bank can go bankrupt, where things you think are stable go out of the window. But you make sure whatever you're storing, which is your material possession, and don't forget, God is not saying you won't have something. And neither is he talking about the quantity of what you've got. He's saying whatever you have, make sure it's stored in the right place. So the question is, how do we then store in heaven? How do we ensure that our resources, our material fine—I mean, our financial resources or our material possession—can be stored in heaven? I think there's a clue in the Bible, and it's in Proverbs 19:17. It says, "Whoever gives," some translation goes, "Whoever is kind to the poor is like lending to God, and it will reward them for whatever they've done." Let's be smart about it. Whoever gives to the poor, or whoever lends to the poor, or whoever is kind to the poor is like lending to God. The Bible then say it's like giving to God. And the word lend, if I lend you something, I go, Naomi, please, can you lend me a fiver? She's giving me that money knowing she's going to get at least five pounds back. That's the minimum she's expected. Or we might have a transaction going, oh, give me a fiver and I'll give you six pound back. It's a transaction. So when you give to the poor or you're kind to the poor, what you're doing to God is saying, God, I'm giving you something. And the next section of the Bible says, he will reward you. He's going to give you more than what you've given to him. So if you want to store up your material possession, the best thing is be generous. Be generous. Grow in generosity. Wherever level you're at right now, regardless of what you've got or what you think you don't have, just try to be generous with your time. Be generous with your possession. Be generous with your finances. Verse uh, 22 to 23. Talking about... You know, the eyes is the lamb of the body, and when your, you know, your eyes is healthy, then the whole body is healthy. The word for healthy in that scripture is used twice, and the Greek word is uh, aplos, hope I pronounced that right. And it means, you know, simple, perfect, fulfilled, or content. Now, our literal eyes can channel stuff to our body. And if what we're consuming through our eyes is not making us healthy, it's not making us fulfilled, it's not making us content, then we will become unhealthy. So I think the Bible is trying to encourage us to pay close attention to what we watch, what we consume, what we read, and what we get involved in. Now, I'm not thinking the Bible is saying don't watch stuff, but the kind of material you consume yourself you need to pay good attention to them. Um, ages ago, maybe 15 years ago, I was, uh, I was going through Facebook, you know, just flicking through Facebook, flicking through Facebook. And I saw a mate of mine on a private jet. And I was angry. I was really, really angry. And I was like, rah, I've been trying to run a business. I'm not on a private jet. I can't even afford to feed my family. 
Oh, dear, you go on a private jet. Yada, yada, yada. I was, I was fuming. <laughs> and uh, I had to step back a bit. Hang on a minute. This guy's just posted a picture of himself on a private jet. How is that making me feel sad and bad? I was jealous of him, of what he's achieved, of what God was doing in his life. I was jealous. And that jealousy made me not to be content with what I've got. I started questioning God. Why can't you give me more? And gradually, I was stepping into an unhealthy place with what I was consuming. That day, do you know what I did? I deleted Facebook. And ever since, I've not got on Facebook. Because I couldn't handle what I was seeing. And what God was trying to make me see is, hang on a minute, you're meant to be rejoicing with this guy. Wow, if God can do it for him, of course I should be able to do it for me. I should be happy for him rather than be angry and questioning God. So which means what I was consuming was actually putting me in an unhealthy place. And the best thing I could do for myself in my own personal situation was to cut it off. And ever since I've now I've not got any social media presence. Not because I can't handle other people's success, but because I'm just used to it now in our honesty, and I think I prefer it that way. So moving on. If we go to uh, the, what verse are we on right now? So I'll great, so verse 23 says, if the light in you is then darkness. How great is this darkness? So there's a tendency for us to think we've got light in us and gradually that light starts changing into darkness. So we always need to be watchful. Always need to be watchful. 24 goes into you can't serve God and you can't serve money. You can't serve God and you can't serve money. I've always read that. Oh, great. It's only applicable to those that are rich. And don't forget, being rich is relative, okay? You can have five pounds, you can have a billion, whatever scale you're on. It's not necessarily about the value of what you've got, it's how you treat whatever you've got. I know people who are wealthy and extremely generous. And I know people who are, who've not got much, but they're extremely stingy. And I think, again, what God wants us to address is by not serving both God and money. Because when it comes to money, it's very easy for us as Christians to discard us. Oh, we've not got money. Oh, we're not in a private jail. We've not got the Lambo. So we're fine. We're, when we don't fall into that category. That's not what the Bible is talking about. The Bible is talking about whatever we do have. How are we spending that? Are we so clingy and stingy with what we've got, or are we being generous and growing in generosity? So, now we're on to uh, third, verse 25. And 25 goes, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Said, so, do not worry about your life. I repeat, do not worry about your life. The word worry was mentioned at least five or six times in that. I 
think, four verses. Worry is actually a big, big issue. It affects a lot of things. It affects the mental state. Worry. And let's be honest, the actual situation we're actually facing or the current practical circumstance can actually justify you to be worried. You know, the state of your current financial situation might really, really cause you to be worried. Or the state of your health or the state of your relationship, or the state of your job, and the list goes on. I'm talking about practical things you wake up and you see, and they can actually make you worry. You see, worry is a very, very good catalyst for fear. Fear is a guaranteed method of killing faith. And when faith is dead, hope goes out of the window. You have no hope. And when there's no hope, then things become extremely dark. Because there's no way out. Absolutely no way out. Let's read from Mark 4, 38 to 41. The men should know a bit about this. And the story goes, it was about Jesus said to his disciples, let's go on the boat, let's go to the other side, and I pick up from verse 38. Jesus was in the stern and sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and he said to the wave, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you not have faith? Do you have no faith? <laughs> and they were terrified. They were terrified. Each asked one another, Who is this? Even the wind and the wave obey him. So these guys were afraid. They went to Jesus. Come on, wake up. Don't you care if we die? And he went to the wind. Dark. The, and when he performed the miracle, they were terrified. They went from being afraid and they went up another level. He said, whoa, what has he done? You see, the real situation made them afraid, made them lose faith, made them panic. Anxiety sets in. The fear of death was real to them because what was in front of them wasn't a mirage. It was actually real. So I think they're quite clever, in all honesty. They knew the answer. The mitigation strategy was right there, and they went straight for it. Let's think about it. That story has always been read, and the thing we pick up from that story is they do not have faith. But the reality was they went to the right person. You don't need to be smart, just know who to copy. They did exactly what they were meant to do. They went to Jesus. When worry said, said, whatever you're facing, financial relationship, health situation, that's now becoming over and over, and it's going longer and longer, please just go to Jesus. 
You can give him a kiss and say, don't you care if I die? And let him do his thing. Yeah, yeah I'll mind. I won't mind Jesus rebuking me later. But he steps in and he solved the situation. Psalm 37, 3-5. Trust in the Lord and be good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and it will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord, trust him, and he will act. Trust him, and he will act. You see, when it comes to worry, you might be at a stage where your entire life is not going according to plan, and you're just worried about the next thing. I've got an answer this morning. Go to Jesus. Just go to him and say, please help me out. That's all you have to say. Um, I do travel a fair bit. <laughs> and uh, I think it was seven years ago. I don't really like flying, but I fly a lot. Okay? <laughs> when <laughs> well, I was on the plane, I know this turbulence. Oh boy, it was bad. And you know what I did when I landed? Life insurance, straight off. <laughs> I'm not joking, I got life insurance. So now, when I'm experiencing turbulence, I'm, I'm fine, it's fine. If everything goes south, I've got insurance. The kids will be fine, stuff will be fine. And have you ever heard the statement, oh, don't worry, don't worry. In a way, what we're trying to say to ourselves is, don't think about it too much. Distract yourself with another thought. Start focusing on something else. Don't look at this real life situation because the more you magnify it, the bigger it becomes. So a very good distraction strategy is Jesus. Just focus on him. Just distract yourself with Jesus. Let him worry about it. Just as the same way, I distract myself with the insurance policy of God. Even if the plane is going to crash, I keep telling him, it's fine, don't worry. Not because God will save me, but it's fine. In short, because I just need to distract myself. Again, for you, I'm encouraging us all, when worry do sets in, please distract yourself with Jesus. He's going to suck things out. The last section is, but seek first, run after, run to us the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things will be given unto you as well all these things material things else stuff good relationship stuff all those things you worry about will be added to you therefore don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has its own problem each day brings its own trouble There'll always be trouble. There'll always be things to worry about. That's guaranteed. But this morning, if you're not going to take anything away, take this one thing. The first thing, do not worry. The second thing, your best mitigation strategy, when you do come to worry and when you do start facing real life situation, it's just Jesus. It's going to sort everything out. And I like to end by praying. I'd like to pray 
for the practical situation that's there. And those situations are actually making you worry. They're real. They're not made up. They are real. I want to pray a simple prayer. Quiet. Be still. L situation. Quiet. Be still. Financial worry. Quiet. Be still. Life worry. Quiet. Be still. Amen. Amen.